from KQED. Before we get to this week's episode, I have a favor to ask you, dear listeners. Since you know a lot about us by this point, 160 episodes, that's a lot. We naturally want to know a bit more about you and what you think of our show. So we created a cute little survey, which you can find at surveymonkey.com slash r slash the cooler. Again, that's surveymonkey.com slash r slash the cooler. So do us a solid and fill it out. We really appreciate it. Love you forever. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, I'm Emmanuel. I'm Carly. And I'm Jamitra. And we're the hosts of The, the Cooler. Cooler. Oh, That's not an alarm clock, actually. Mm. It's a word that Cardi B is trying to trademark, but should she really be profiting off of something someone else invented? Do tell. Mm. And with the announcement from my other husband, Keanu Reeves, that we are going to be getting a new Bill & Ted movie, we'll be asking... Are fan-powered projects actually a good thing? Mm, I have thoughts. And hold on to that fancy cafe cup. This week, I'm going to explain to you why a cup of tea is probably going to kill us all. I don't drink it, so I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) But Carly's dead, for sure. I feel attacked. (laughs) When I say, oh, who comes to mind? Well, a pigeon at first. Uh But Cardi B. Unless it's a trick question. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're not wrong. Cardi has become synonymous with okr. How many times are we going to say okr in this segment? As many times as we can fit in. Unless Cardi sues us because that oh. could quite possibly oh. happen. Yeah, so she has been saying okr anywhere and everywhere on her Instagram lives. During ASMR videos, she taught my second to least favorite late night host how to say it. Who, Cameron? Fallon. Fallon. Uh, it's always mm. Fallon. Yeah. <laughs> my least favorite is James Corden. Oh, oh, that's yeah. entirely I justified. was thinking Corden, but I said Cameron, but you got, yeah. I know what you mean. And Cardi even built an entire Pepsi Super Bowl commercial around the word. I'll have a Coke. Is Pepsi okay? Did you just ask if Pepsi a grrr? Excuse me? Of course Pepsi is a grrr. Just saying okay. Why aren't you understanding? A grrr? What kind of word is that? A grrr? A I think it's Gaelic. Like, a caray. Okay. No, 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 it's a Oh, cr- is that close? No. Oh. Okay. Oh, cr- like this, like this. Oh, cr- oh, cr- oh, cr- now, was that a pigeon? That was. was. That a pigeon? Okay, see? I am such a corporate stooge because initially I found that quite funny, that commercial. Right? I mean, it is funny. And most people do know. Oh, cr- from Cardi B. Mm-hmm. So most people didn't bat a lash when news came out that she is trying to trademark okr and consider it her intellectual property mm-hmm. and prevent anyone else from using it for commercial purposes. And she wants to use it, right? She wants yes. to put it on T-shirts, mugs, yes, baby exactly. grows. Mm-hmm. But the history of okr goes back more than a decade and passed hands a few times before Cardi got a hold of it. So who's down for a historical field trip back in time to find the rightful originator of okr? I'll take us back. I want to get on your bus. Okay, get ready because basically this is going to sound like I'm at a bulletin board sweating with red string, like making all these connections. Okay. That is me. Our first stop is 
to Calabasas, where the Kardashians live. No, I refuse. No. <laughs> You're already off. I'm already like, nope. get I was waiting for you to bring this up because mm. I have to say the first time I heard that was you playing a clip of Khloe Kardashian. I am offboarding the magic school bus right now. I'm, <laughs> I'm still on it. I'm, I'm attached. I got my seatbelt on. Okay, for those of you who still have your seatbelt on, anyone who's watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians or heard that clip that I played of Khloe at some point in the history of this show knows that Khloe loves peppering okrs indiscriminately. You get an okr. You get an okr. You can find an okr under your chair. <laughs> Check it. Yes. So let's listen to how the word went viral within her family. Hashtag okr. 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 Okay, I gotta go now. Love you guys. Love, Love you. you. Love you. Okay. They killed Okr. Wait, who's mm. the crappy one that just goes Okr? Yeah. The final 20 Okrs are Kris Jenner. Ooh. Very drunk okay. at a dinner table. Yeah. Wow. Okr away. So the Kardashians aren't really known for creating things, if you know what I mean. They're more known for Columbusing. Yeah. Why not? We did that. In French, we call it fait le repoff. Yes. That's the one. So where did Chloe get it? Because obviously she didn't create it. So back in 2014, Chloe was a guest judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. Okay. On that season, season six, there was a queen named Laganja Estranja. Laganja, come through. Yes. Is is green our favorite color? It is, and she loves smoking weed. Okay. <laughs> she became infamous for using over-the-top vocalizations. Here's a little taste of how extra she was on the show. Hey, 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 put your lighters up. Ganja's in the house. Ew. Okay. Oh, Ow. Okay, Ooh. that last one was a screaming goat, but I just oh, wanted to include that. <laughs> so I don't know if you guys were annoyed by her presence in that audio clip, but the viewers were annoyed when she was on the show. Really? She was not beloved. She sounds fun. She was doing too much. Hmm. But over time, her annoying mannerisms became meme-worthy, and then that made them beloved. Partially thanks to this YouTube parody by another Drag Race contestant, Alaska Thunder, Ooh. <laughs> who turned okay to okay. Let's listen to a little bit of that. Oh, come on, grass. Come on, grass. Come on, pollen in the air. Come on, Toyota Camry. Oh, wow. Yes, that's a lot. That is a lot. That went viral. Come on, Toyota Camry. Yes. Oh, blew up even more after that video. And now it's enshrined in queer lexicon. Like if you go up to a queer person and say, oh, they will say, oh, but it pre-exists the Cardi. Mm. It's, you know, has a little dust on it. So Laganja decided to capitalize a little bit on oh, by releasing a dance track called oh, we gotta do it That's called stamina, baby. You should imagine the head I give. Okay, that's everything. Oh, I thought your okr was pretty long, but you ain't got nothing on. Ganja. And guess what? I edited that down. It lasts like forty seconds in the actual song. I'm just gonna say it sounds like a migraine, but the kind of migraine you might enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people think Laganja originated it. Laganja says she got it from the ballroom scene, but someone else is saying they created it. <gasps> this white girl, she's a YouTube comedian. I called her a white girl because it's is it relevant? It is relevant to, it is relevant to <laughs> what I'm about to say. So she had a character on YouTube called 
Chantel Brown, who sells weaves. Okay, so already, we already, we're fearing. I mean, I, I see the problematic exit right here, but I'm hoping uh, yep. we're going to stay on I, straight and narrow. So let's, let's see whether or not we exit or we continue north. Well, let's just hear what she has to say. My name is Show Cantel Brown, and I show Cantel you need to come down to I believe because you need to take care of your hair. Okay. So I was done as soon as the clip started. Yes. I was like, okay. I didn't know they had YouTube in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> that clip is full of cringe. It is problematic. Q U E. I can't even. <laughs> so. That clip is from 2010. Laganja was doing her thing in 2014. Okay, so we've charted back 2014. So technically, mm. oh, this God. white girl but does... we don't want to. I know. Is she the first known use? Well, I was hoping not. I kept digging. And I found a previous one, okay. so we don't have to give it to her. Excellent. There <laughs> You're like the prospector of okra. No roses for you today, ma'am. Nope. We mm. are taking those back. In a movie called Noah's Ark Jumping the Broom, mm. there is a blink and you miss it moment in which... An actor by the name of Rodney Chester improvised the line. He was supposed to say, okay, and he said this. This is worse than an episode of Jerry Springer. Uh-uh, Maury Povich. Okay. 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 So that's 2008. Well, 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 hang on. Forensic scientists will later discover that he only says, okay, mm-hmm. there, right? There's no role. And this is the thing. Laganja oh, also was more known for saying, okay, and then Alaska parodied mm-hmm. Laganja and made it, okay. So does it belong to Alaska? This is all very confusing. What is unclear is who originated it. What's clear is that it wasn't Cardi. Yeah. So that begs the question of who should be profiting off of this word? Is it the first person to ever say it? Is it the person who first popularized it? Or the person who's rich enough to capitalize on it? What do you two think? That's an interesting question. I mean, we're talking about, because I understand that people trademark their names all the time. But here we're talking about, I guess we could call it a catchphrase. But it's not her catchphrase. Yeah. She did bring it to a new audience, but that kind of discounts the audience that already knew Laganja's work. What about you, Carly? I'm glad you asked, because I do have some thoughts. (laughs) I would like to cite one Cardi B in her own defense. Yes. In which people have said, "Eh, you didn't really make this up. How can you trademark it? And this might sound a little bit unusual in my accent. Quoth she... You think I ain't going to profit off this shit? <laughs> Bitch, white folks do it all the mother f- time. So you're going to be mad at me because I want some mother f- money? I'm saying this was everything. I'm um, available for voicemails, for ringtones, audible, hit me up. It's exactly. been a while. When when Cardi does, when she writes a biography, you should do the, the audible yes. narration. Yes. I hate to sound available, but I'm so available. <laughs> this is bloody shoes. <laughs> but... I mean, she's got a point. <laughs> I think she does. On the one hand, don't hate the player, hate the game. She's correct that, you know, if she doesn't secure the bag, someone else will. On the other hand, is Cardi perpetuating this kind of cycle of appropriation without compensation, mm. if you will? We've seen this with the mostly POC teens from Vine, where they had their creations and ideas yeah. taken by corporations and then monetized, and they didn't see a nickel from that. On mm-hmm. fleek. So, like, I don't love that vibe because you know she didn't create this thing but she's going to get all of the profit off of it so then what would be her pay it forward in this instance indeed what is who is going to do with the money right she's going to start the okra foundation exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) which i would actually be weirdly down with honestly if she came out tomorrow and said i'm actually channeling the money into this and it's going to do good work i would be totally fine with this 
they should just share it. Everyone that we've already discussed mm. today who had like a little part in making okr what it is, maybe each person has a different number of R's in their okr. Mm-hmm. So she trademarks like three R's. Laganja has two, mm-hmm. you know, and they all can coexist and make money. Yes. Because from what I'm seeing, it doesn't really belong to anyone. Oh, does that mean the terrible YouTube lady also has to get a check? We're going to withhold that hmm. until further notice. Okay. We'll see her more recent work or if there's an apology out there for yeah, this we'll character. It. Mm. I don't know. I did actually go on the Perez Hilton website, unfortunately. So and did I. <laughs> he is reporting that people still go there. YouTube lady has already filed for the trademark a, a year, year ago. ago. So, really? Ooh. Well, Cardi is not the only person to try to trademark something. Mm-hmm. I have a few examples of celebrities who have tried to trademark pretty odd things. Oh, do tell. 50 Cent trademarked his name and then successfully sued Taco Bell in 2008 for using his name, like the idea of him, to promote one of their scent menus. Mm, Like a 50 Cent taco and he was like, oh, I'll be taking that back. Oh, because it implied endorsement from the man himself. Yes. Ryan Lochte succeeded in trademarking What Do You Think? Oh. Yeah. yeah. I'm into that. Wait then. a minute. Back up. He succeeded in trademarking that? Yeah. Yep. So don't oh. put it on a t shirt. I'm sorry. so disappointed. Give the liar credit where he's due, you know? <laughs> you hear Gia and you hear <laughs> Ryan Lochte. Rachel Zoe trademarked I Die. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember that. <laughs> okay, I'm waiting, I'm waiting for Hot. Actually, Paris Hilton did oh, trademark no. That's Hot. And Rachel Zoe failed at trademarking bananas because it's oh yeah a she fruit. did say that you can't just take <laughs> that and also when i hear bananas i think b-a-n-a-n-a-s gwen stefani unfortunately mm-hmm. some dude named michael buffer trademarked his phrase let's get ready to rumble back in the 90s and he has made more than 400 million really yes okay so the lesson is you need, we need to start trademarking catchphrases just in case. This is what I'm saying. Silent income. Passive income. Mm-hmm. When you just sit on your ass, you don't do anything and the money comes in. Okay, where was this should have been in the Rich Dad Poor Dad book? Remember those books from the 90s? <laughs> yeah. Trademarking should have been a chapter. <laughs> but it's... Somewhere he's just like, yes, someone just mentioned me on a podcast. <laughs> but it's not always that easy. Here are some fails around trademarking. Donald Trump huh. tried to trademark You're Fired. Well... A lot of people say that. Sorry, you don't get to. Mm. Kylie Jenner tried to trademark the word Kylie, and then Kylie Minogue was like, <laughs> nice yes. try. Oh, How dare she? The Antipodean princess? The pocket rocket that is Kylie Minogue? Yeah. I She's will done. not stand for this erasure. <laughs> She's been locomoting around since the 80s before Kylie mm-hmm. Jenner was a glimmer in Caitlyn Jenner's eye. This might be my favorite. Charlie Sheen, weeks after his meltdown in 2011, where he was thrown no, off his show. not Dragon Blood. Men, he tried to trademark 22 different phrases. He was just throwing it all out there. My faves are... Winning? Duh, winning. Oh, Those okay. two things together. Vatican Assassin, Tiger Blood, and I'm not bipolar, I am bi-winning. Oh, oh wow. Okay. Wow. Huh. And Carlton from Fresh Prince tried to trademark the Carlton Dance, tried to sue Fortnite, the video game, and he failed. I will say, if trademarks are based on popularization, he definitely popularized that Carlton dance. I'm just saying. When you do it, you see it, you're like, "Mm, But did he invent him? This is the thing. Mm. Did he choreograph it? But who makes these rules? I think we we should. We should be Mm. a panel within the 
you know, patent office of the mm, U.S. government. Yeah. I would love that job. The reason I love this stuff particularly is like it's the famous rich version of, you know, when people in high school try to make certain phrases happen. Mm-hmm. It, it leads us to obviously fetch. the classic making fetch happen in Mean <laughs> Girls. But that is so funny because it's so true. It's so drawn from life. We all went through that phase where we're like, this is going to be my phrase now. And I'm just mm-hmm. going to say it. And that's now what these rich people do. And they just don't want anyone else to make money off saying it. Right. And then years later, you find out that a racist-ish YouTuber already beat you to the punch. Mm-hmm. I mean, embarrassing is not the word, Emmanuel. <laughs> so today we discussed the history of okr. Mm-hmm. In the past, we've discussed the history of charge words like Caucasian and phrases like the peanut gallery. Ultimately, I think it's important that we continue these conversations and continue to inform ourselves about what the words we use truly mean and who originated them. Give credit where credit is due. Okay. Can I get an okay? Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know this. You're as guilty of it as anyone. Anytime Keanu Reeves breathes on this earth, I get texts. I get mm-hmm. tweets, I get direct messages, and let me tell you, it is wonderful. Mainly Keep for me. them coming. Yeah. Oh my god. I have a question. Uh-huh. Is the first person to let you know about a Keanu news item usually me? Four times out of five, I would say it is okay. you. Because it's my ambition in life. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. It's great. You are super quick. I want to be like the town crier, but only Keanu Reeves <laughs> news. Hear ye, hear ye, or hear hear Reeves. Yes. Ish. Yes. That'll work. <laughs> Kinda works. Anyway, the hive mind, which includes your good selves ensured that the announcement that we are getting a new Bill and Ted movie did not pass me by, Mm. guys. Don't you worry. And for those of you who didn't hear the announcement, here's how it went. But we're here to announce something. Yes. (laughs) We want to say thank you to you, the fans. We do. Because it looks like we might... Actually... Hopefully... Make a movie this summer. Bill and Ted 3. Face the music. Yes. And it is all because of you guys, and so we owe you a huge debt of gratitude, and we wanted to say thank you. Thank you. And be excellent. Be excellent. We did it. We did it, guys. Who was we? Because I was not a part of it. Who's the we here? I mean, the fans. Apparently, they owe it all to the fans. So that's Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves, star of the original two Bill and Ted's. There's two of them? Yes. Oh, Okay. Jameter, do we have to have a movie night? We do. <laughs> okay. I mean, they're both really good. <laughs> and obviously Keanu Reeves is great in them. And it's coming back. So a lot of people's dreams, including mine, are coming true. And when I saw that video, I thought, oh, the way that they're thanking the fans, I think that this was crowdfunded. <laughs> I genuinely thought they started a GoFundMe to make this movie happen. That is not actually true. Hmm. It's just because there was such a swell of enthusiasm from people who grew up watching the first Bill and Ted movies who really wanted to see this thing happen. And this has been a torturous production. They've been saying that they're going to make this movie for quite a few years. There's a script and then it's happening. And then the Keanu Reeves and Alex Winters on board and then they're not. And then they might have to do crowdfunding. But basically, long story short, this is happening now. I mean, it is exciting, right? I'll be there. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll be there Jimmy if you guys take me. <laughs> As much as this is making my dreams come true, it has not passed me by that this Bill and Ted 3 shenanigan is actually one in this really long line of weird cultural projects happening almost entirely just because fans want them to. Mm. 
And at the risk of sounding incredibly patronizing to you guys, <laughs> fellow show business professionals, mm. and we say, this is actually not the way the creative process normally works. <laughs> Tell me more, Carly. Movies and music and TV. Well, Emmanuel, I'm glad you asked. Mm-hmm. Normally, someone has an idea, usually a guy, because that's who tends <laughs> to get money given to them. Uh, but happily, that's changing. Right, so creators have notions, and then they develop them, and then they have to go out and do the icky business of getting money. And then they write a script, they get actors, they bring it together, and then when it's ready, they birth their little baby, and they bring it to the world. It doesn't tend normally to be this group of people at home on computers saying, yes, I would love to see that. Can you make this happen? But that's exactly what has happened with Bill and Ted 3. There's no other reason that this is being made other than tons of people have said, yes, I would go and watch that. Mm -hmm. So we're going from Hollywood creatives giving birth to this to us stepping in as the doula. Oh, pretty much. I'll birth this. Just actually touching the baby's head. Uh Or at least the bit at the top. Like, fans have historically had input into how stuff is treated. You know that really crazy Nick Cage horror movie called Mandy? I did not see it. Oh, I did. But I was told that I should. I'm scarred. Mm. But apparently, the only reason I got a proper release in actual, like, theatres across the country is because fans were really vocal that they wanted to see it. It was playing in, like, two theatres. And then when they started saying that, no, I would pay money to go and see that, that's when things changed for it. And fan attention can turn a movie like The Room from a forgotten piece of crap into this cult (laughs) classic that keeps getting shown in movie theatres all over the place. But this idea that projects actually get made because there's this enthusiastic vocal audience out there, we're seeing this more and more. Emmanuel. I'm going to come for you. Sorry, Gilmore Girls? I know. That's the one. That's, that's the, on me. That's, that's on me. Big, it's people like you being like, oh, I wish they'd bring Gilmore Girls back. And then you got what you wished for. I mean, Fuller House also. Yeah. Fuller well, House. Hey, I didn't ask for that, but I did watch some. Well, here though, but I'm going to have to come for you, Carly. <gasps> oh, oh, oh. Because they're not making these too fast, too furious <laughs> because oh. nobody wants them now. Listen, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Everyone who goes to watch those movies has great taste. <laughs> and the new Hobbs and Shaw... The trailer looks wonderful. Mm-hmm. Everyone should see it. Mm-hmm. That's an example of fandom for good. I will see, say that. But I would argue that studios have just smartened up to the fact that like, hey, we're going to cut out the middleman. Mm-hmm. We typically make things based on how you guys react to the box office. So why don't we just ask you or do some social listening, mm-hmm. see what you're into, and we'll just make what you want. It's made to order. This is a convenient economy, people. That's probably what paved the way for that new movie that has J-Lo, Cardi B, Constance yes. Wu playing like strip strippers clubs, or yeah. something. Like, that's what I want mm-hmm. in my I eyeballs. See. I mean, like they, they were like, so this way, they were like, Ocean's 8 plus Crazy Rich Asians was great. Okay, Constance yeah. Wu. They were like, who else is hot? Oh, Cardi B. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> who else? J-Lo? Perfect. Just Obviously. Just p- put all these successful ingredients mm-hmm. into the pot and stir it up. But the stuff can go wrong. Arrested Development, the comebacks for that, they've been terrible. The X-Files, they listen to fans. Like, that show is kind of unwatchable. I don't know if you've watched those new episodes. I did not. Mm. Good. Another instance of people clamoring for something, and it will be terrible, is anyone who saw Call Me By Your Name (gasps) wants to see Timothy Chalamet again in Mm. this context, with or without a shirt on. 
And so they're talking about having a sequel to this movie that really needs to just be left alone. It was like it was perfect. perfect. As is. Yes. And you know it's going to be some like whack. Let's give one of them AIDS because it's the 80s mm-hmm. type of storyline. Mm-hmm. We don't need another one of those, but I think we're going to get one because the fans were so rabid in loving this movie. Another way that they tried it, Sex in the City franchise. Oh, God. That should have been put out of its misery. Samantha was like, what I won't be doing is, another <laughs> is working with that heifer again because <laughs> I can't stand any of these women, particularly Carrie. And I will no longer <laughs> recite lines such as, Lawrence of my labia. Oh, that was the worst one. And it's so hard to pick the worst one. So mm. it's amazing that floats so quickly to the top, yeah. that mm. one. Like the cream. Oof. I'm glad you mentioned Call Me By Your Name too, Electric Boogaloo. Oh. Because usually these are sequels and comebacks and rehashes. And I know we've talked about how tedious we find sequel culture on the show before. But this really feels like a bunch of people being like, I like that last time, do it again. Mm. And especially if they feel like the original product was gone too soon, like Arrested Development, there's this feeling of like, oh, I'm owed some kind of resolution. But this is a big old Venn diagram between two huge themes that we talk about again and again in the studio. The lure of nostalgia culture Mm -hmm. and a general recycling of pop culture because the people who make money off this stuff know that we like what we already know. Mm -hmm. Basically, Mm -hmm. we are way more likely to buy that ticket if we're like, I know that guy. I liked that show back in the day. Yes, I will buy this ticket. And I don't know if you guys remember, but there was this weird trend in like the early to mid aughts for movies and TV that started as online jokes becoming actual movies like Snakes on a Plane. Anyone? Oh, that was wow. an online joke. And listen, the actual film was a joke. So, <laughs> oh, it <laughs> is full on terrible. <laughs> but apparently they started to make this movie and Snakes on a Plane was like the jokey working title. Mm. And then people started hearing about it online and they got obsessed with the idea that there was going to be this movie called Snakes on a Plane starring Sam Jackson in it to the extent that people started doing jokes online, like comedy bits about what a monologue from like famed badass Samuel L. Jackson would sound like in Snakes on a Plane. And that's literally how we got this line because the scriptwriters incorporated it to the finished movie. Enough is enough! I have had it with these mother snakes on this mother plane! Okay, Joker, <laughs> no joke, movie. That line is iconic. It's forever. pretty great. But that's it. They literally listened to your point, Jameter. They listened so hard to people online. Way back before, you know, all the social listening tools that we use now mm-hmm. in our lines of work. And literally made changes to a script because of it. And it's kind of crazy. All right, so we got the bad examples, but then we also have the good examples like Awkward Black Girl. True. Mm -hmm. That's Issa Rae's web series that was on YouTube. Fans loved it. We were all obsessed. So HBO was like, let's do something with this. And they ended up making a show called Insecure that Mm -hmm. is basically the same concept. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Same with Broad City. Mm -hmm. That started as a web show. Yeah. And it's because there's actual intent there. Like, that was a a good thing to start with. That's not like some punchline that people are like, (laughs) (laughs) snakes on a plane. Imagine that. I'd I'd see a movie because of that. Because when you get that, like, glibness, Mm -hmm. you don't get a good movie. You don't get good TV. But the people who liked Awkward Black Girl and Broad City in their infancies were like literally investing in someone's creative vision. And that is the difference, I would say. Mm-hmm. Their fans are better than your fans, Sharknado. That's Pretty all I got to say. We're better, we're better people. <laughs> and talking of investing, there's people literally getting their money out to crowdfund for these things, like Super Troopers 2, Veronica Mars. That was brought oh. back because fans were literally like, yeah, I want to watch this so much. Here's 
These things got off the ground because fans paid for them. Mm. So let me ask you, who would you donate to? And don't say Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I'm donating to the Sister Act 3 fund. Yes, with Lauren Hill or without Lauren Hill? With Lauren Hill. Oh, is she going to show up to set? (laughs) She'll show up for the last scene. I'm guessing not. (laughs) We can have like a understudy or Mm, something. Okay. Yes, I want Whoopi to enjoy the profits, Lauren mm. as well, and that other nun, too. And mm. the other nun? Yes. It could be called that. Well, I am donating to a show that is long overdue for getting its due, and it's been played to the left, to the left, repeatedly, and that is personal donations to my girl Tracy Ellis Ross to make a girlfriend's movie and bring the television show Yes. Back. Because why not? Be careful what you wish for. I did this with Gilmore Girls. You might end up with four mini-movies that you hate. Just saying. Oh, God. You want it until you get it. Not that these feelings run really deep with you or anything. Not at all. You just triggered me earlier in the segment, and here we are. Sorry. Wait. Okay. Question, guys. Paying money because you want to see a movie or a TV show get made. Is this so different from, like, the old school, like, patronage system where you'd have, like, one very rich old man or a king or a lord or a lady is like, I fancy watching a play. So here's a bunch of money to make a play, Mr. Playwright. Mm. But instead of, like, one rich old guy, you've now got 5,000 not very rich average Joes like us. It's not so different, right? Like, stuff gets made because of money all the time. Maybe it doesn't matter where that money comes from. We have the power. Why not transfer it to the people? Somebody's going to make the decisions. Why not be us? Right? Also, Hollywood execs aren't known for making the best decisions mm-hmm. in general. Clearly so maybe us. we Weinstein. take it. <coughs> yes, him. Maybe we just take back control. Right? I do want to point out that Netflix just canceled that Latinx sitcom one day at a time. Mm-hmm. That had fans. That had quite a few fans that had a lot to say about it getting canceled. So things don't always get made or uncanceled because fans want them. It seems that it has to be a certain type of fan, shall oh. we say. Mm-hmm. And that's how we end up with these rabid hordes that get pissed off about black people in Star Wars. And yeah. no shade to Bill and Ted in the fan base, but a lot of those people are white. So That's very true. And the grown-up boys who enjoyed something very much when they were younger, and they just want to see it again. It's like, do that trick, mummy. I want to see it again. I don't think that's doing good things to our brains, guys. But we will be there on opening night. This is the thing. <laughs> I'm going to put all of my concerns about entitlement culture and... This robbing us of, like, the joy of discovering something that, like, some creative genius has made just for you. I will go and get my ticket to Bill and Ted 3. It is nice to get what you want, but, guys, sometimes too much of what you want, it can be a bad thing. Be excellent to each other. It's the big and the pick. Hey, the big and the pick. Hey. All right, guys. I've got a sound to freak you out. I know what you're doing there. Absolutely not. (laughs) Get out is still in my soul, and I'm scared. Exactly. So anybody who's seen Get Out knows that Jordan Peele freaked us all out with teacups in that film. Uh, The Armitages were all here to kill us. Via teacup, and that's what she, Mama That's what she does, right? When she's yeah, putting him into the sunken she's place, she's like right? putting him into the sunken place. However, what you didn't realize is that we don't need an Armitage army to take us all out because our tea, the, that little cup of tea that you drink every day, maybe once a week, if you're a tea drinker, can kill you all by itself. Oh. 
It doesn't need an Armitage. I don't think I want to hear this segment, Jamidra. And actually, I think this is very culturally insensitive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that I am with you, Carly, because anybody that knows me recently knows that I've been on a tea hype. But then I learned that the Internal Journal of Cancer oh. last week released a study that said if you drink your tea hotter than 60 degrees and you drink more than two cups a day, it increases your risk for esophageal cancer. Are you joking me? I am not Joking you. Number one, that's a terrifying name mm-hmm. for a medical journal. Yeah. <laughs> Could you just repeat the name? Uh, the Internal Journal of Cancer. Oh, I'm yeah. canceling my subscription. So obviously they know what they're talking about because they're the journal about cancer. So they have all these reliable stats. And they did a study over 50,000 people in Golston, a province that's in northern Iran. And they followed people over the course of 10 years. And they found that people who drink their tea... Over 60 degrees. Drop dead. Yeah, and have more than two cups of tea. And so, and and to be fair, I'm picking on tea right now. It's not just tea. It's any hot beverage. Mm, uh-huh. Okay, okay. So, you know, if it's mulled wine. coffee, <laughs> mulled wine, you know, warm brandy, whatever. It's an all-year-round yeah, treat. Yeah. So, luckily, most people in the United States don't drink our tea hotter than 60 degrees. Because you're wrong. It's a, it's a cultural <laughs> thing. You, you, you're wrong. But it's something we should be aware of. So, just get a thermometer. Check it out. Perhaps. Jamisha, yeah, I love you, but I'm not going to be putting a thermometer in my tea. You got to protect your esophagus, Carly. I do, I do. Mm. You're very right. So yeah, this is a bummer for me because last week I found out also that if you eat more than three eggs per week, you can drop dead from heart disease, great, or early death, and that is from the Journal of the American Medical Association. So I yeah. think by my count, you are eating seven eggs minimum mm. because of the hard-boiled egg every morning. Pretty much. So that is my pit of the week. To how vulnerable we are in these human bodies. How vulnerable we are to all the medical journals who have ruined my mm-hmm. morning routine yeah. from here on out. And I yours too. I think what we've learned is stop reading medical journals. <laughs> Pretty much. Now, on to the peak of the week. And I'm going to open this peak with a familiar voice that I think everybody in this room knows. I know you don't smoke weed. I know this. But I'm going to get you high today. Because it's Friday. You ain't got no job. And you ain't got shit to do. Smokey. Smokey. So maybe you have a job and maybe you got shit to do. However, you know who can help you do your high shit? Please tell me. Ah, a woman by the name of Lizzie Post, who is the great granddaughter of Emily Post. Oh, the etiquette lady. Yes, because she just dropped a book called Higher Etiquette, A Guide to the World of Cannabis. Now, I will say that I have mixed feelings because, you know, there's a bit of there's some gentrification happening in the in the marijuana space right now. However, we could all use a little levity, pun intended. And it's been a rough week. So I'll allow it. Okay, so you're going to put aside notions of who gets to make money and who gets incarcerated for the rest of their life. Just for the fact that we can have a fun book that tells us how to appropriately distribute, smoke, enjoy. Yeah, marijuana. What are some uh, big, big takeaways? Takeaways. So within this book, based on this interview that she did with uh, WBUR, here and now, you can see the full interview there, you can find out uh, how to gift weed. Is, when is it appropriate? You know, <laughs> I would why say not? always appropriate. Yeah. Why, why a bottle of wine? Why not an ounce or two mm-hmm. of marijuana? Mm-hmm. Because it is now legal in 10 states and Washington, D.C. Also, to post or not to post on social media. Um. She'll give you guidelines about that. Also, how do you interact with your weed delivery person? You don't. (laughs) Do you tip? Sure. Okay. Yeah, you put it through the mail slot. Mm. Just no contact. Walk away. Because you're high and it's awkward. Yeah. (laughs) 
Also, what etiquette is appropriate in states that aren't legal? Oh, <laughs> be careful. Yeah. Don't pass it on social media. But uh, I'm, I'll pause here because etiquette is a polite way of saying, will you be arrested right. or, will you, or won't you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we know the answer. Not for Lizzie, but a few of us know how, how that'll be handled. Is there like a swatch in the book where you can compare your skin color and be like, Will, are Ooh, you okay exactly, or not? Exactly. Exactly. Mm. If she hasn't included, I'll tweet her and let her yeah, know. Yeah, that's a very important mm-hmm. note. <laughs> that's for uh, the second edition. Yeah. Yeah. And then she also gets into what would great grandmama post think about this book. So check out the interview of support, don't support. Mm, but I just thought it was fun. <laughs> the fact that this has been published. So that is my peak of the week. Ah, we oh. live in interesting times. Exactly. All right. Who's ready to ride out on a good song? Me. Oh, I need one in my life. A song to get your spring started off right. As we talked about last week, we talked about wedding songs because spring is here. Love is in the air. So I've got a song together. That's going to make you feel your sexiest self. Mm -hmm. So I'll start by saying that I have recently fallen into the rabbit hole that is Lizzo or the Lizzo catalog. Kind of obsessed with her. For those of you who don't know her, she is a fly artist. She's actually been out since 2013, but I'm just now catching on to her. And most of us are because she did a collab with Missy called Tempo. If you haven't heard that song, you need to listen to it. But right after, you need to listen to the rest of her catalog. So we're all going to be working out for summer because we're getting our bodies right. She's got a song called Fitness. So first you start off with that, Mm -hmm. right? You get your body right. And you let people know that you're not doing it for them. You're doing it for who? You. Mm -hmm. That's what she says in the song. So you get that together. (laughs) Very nice. To quote cleverer people than myself on the internet, the beach is getting whatever body I see fit to give it. (laughs) Exactly. So after you're feeling good about yourself, you move on to a song that I'm going to ride us out on this week. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And here she's going to teach us all how to embody the stripper vibe, teaching you how to feel yourself, and also to know that you don't need a crown to be a queen or king, whatever you prefer. So let's ride out. Excuse me. Feeling like a stripper when I'm looking in the mirror. I'll be slapping on that ass, getting thicker and thicker. If you miss us, find us on social media. I'm at Excuse My Beauty. I'm at Teacup in the Bay. And I'm at Jamie Dressens. Bye. Bye.